In episode 16 of this podcast, we talked about the process of creating a character's backstory. But once you have that backstory, what do you do with it? This episode, we will talk about how backstories are integrated into gameplay. We discuss the difference between writing an elaborate backstory or creating a simple character concept. And then halfway through this episode, we inadvertently develop a new backstory generation technique. We'll discuss all of that and more this week on Dungeons and Tangents. That's how that's how podcasting works, right? Yeah, you just think so. you just wing it, just wing it. <laughs> that's how podcasting works. <laughs> For some people, it really is. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Uh, I am Eric. I'm Ben, and I am Jake. And today we're going to be talking about backstories. Uh, I am calling this episode "Backstories Episode Two: The Backening," because. <laughs> <laughs> Because Robert and I did uh, a backstory episode. I think it was like episode 9 or 10 or something. It was a long time ago. It was more, almost a year ago. Uh, but we were just talking about, like, how do you write a backstory for a character? And some of the resources that you would take for getting there. And today I wanted to talk about kind of the how backstories fit into gameplay and, and, and how... Um, kind of how they why they exist and what the purpose is and i'm going to start by pointing at ben what did i do uh <laughs> you 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 were pointing out um i remember having a talk with yeah. you about how uh um like backstories can be created as part of play instead of just writing a bunch of stuff up beforehand yeah. that nobody's gonna ever read well and <laughs> and that's the thing if if nobody's going to read it, you know why write it? But yeah. there are reasons to do that. Yeah. But um, but I would yeah. yes. I I'm not saying that people shouldn't do that. I'm my my point was was only that like I don't want to go through the trouble of that. I'm also kind of lazy, uh, and as far as you know, when I DM and when I create characters, and uh, I would rather it be pertinent to the story that I'm playing in then come up with this idea beforehand that nobody's actually going to read except for me. Like it might put me in a good place to understand how to interact with everybody. But if nobody's going to read it, then like, why did I bother? Like I should, I would rather make a character based on what everybody else made, uh, and have that character develop as I go instead of create all of it beforehand. And, there's uh there seems to be a tendency for people who have written <clears throat> a long backstory which i do practically every time that i create a character i, will, <laughs> I just i can't stop myself i'm going to write a, an elaborate backstory and then i have this it, it, it's like this this tension in my head that's like any time I have the spotlight. Somehow I have to explain the backstory. Somehow I have to make sure that people know that I came from this village and and that my patron god is is this one and that I have this hammer that like I got from my dad and it's really important. <laughs> <laughs> but is it? Like those things are important to me as a player. Yeah. But is it important to other people? 
I, I think that, at least to me, the only reason that it is worthwhile to write a big, long backstory beforehand is if you plan to uh, kind of do some forward thinking with your DM and say, hey, this is really important to me. Can we have a character arc about this stuff right here? Uh, and can you try to shove this in at some point? Like, uh, but other than that, I feel like all you're doing is setting yourself up to like, like compulsively read your sheet and be like, where can I shove this in? Where can I shove this in? <laughs> and then ultimately when it's very contrived when you do, or you don't find a, a, a time to actually shove it in and you've written that for no reason. Yeah. And you get all disappointed like, Oh man, but I wanted them to know this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I guess the, the thing that I've been thinking about too is, all three of us and everyone listening to this has a really long backstory of their own in their personal life. It's true. And granted, I could bring up, well, you know, my name is Jacob Porter Harold and I'm from Beaverton, Oregon all the time, <laughs> like I did just now, but that's awkward and weird. <laughs> right. Well, our last episode, I specifically asked each of you to talk about your history. But that's that's weird. Like, that doesn't happen in daily life. You don't, like, sit around in podcasts in daily life being asked, hey, tell me about your life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Whereas, like, you know, I worked at a, a ranch in Colorado, and I worked with a bunch of people from the South, and I picked up y'all as a verbal tick. And so, <laughs> being, you know, someone who was essentially born and raised on the West Coast, I throw people off a lot. Like, wh- where are you from? You say <laughs> y'all. And I feel like... That all leads kind of nicely to, like, I really enjoy mannerisms, quirks, and tics about a character more so than a significantly elaborate backstory. Yeah. I feel like you've said that exact same thing, Ben. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I also, like, I'm not really, I'm a kind of a shy person. So if I'm not playing with, like, if not, if everybody at the table isn't a really good friend of mine, like it's very rare that I'm gonna like use a voice or mm-hmm. or that I'm even gonna be consistent enough with it because like maybe it hurts my throat to do it the whole time. I'm just gonna say you stopped using your voice in like the last game. <laughs> yeah. So like like it's it's not always worth it to try to keep that up. But if like you have if you have ideas about quirks or mannerisms that you can toss in then that's good the only problem with that is that sometimes like that can also be kind of contrived trying to shove those in mm-hmm. it's better if you like have a, an ultimate idea of what your character how your character would interact to certain things and then have it be more reactionary than than that and let's be real like none of us as people react to the same input the same way on two different days if you've had a mm, crabby cranky day if you've been stabbed by a goblin <laughs> you might <laughs> you might have a much different reaction to someone asking you for help in a village if you're just trying to heal up and rest as opposed <laughs> to you know if you are the the knight from the southern isles <laughs> yeah. i don't know <laughs> <laughs> there's something about uh so there's a thing about backstories that lynn uh, Lynn's my wife that she told me uh, so she uh, did a bit of acting in in high school I think maybe someone called I think it was all in high school um, and she had a like world-class uh, theater teacher and the teacher told everyone who was playing a, a role in any uh, theater piece <clears throat> go home and write a backstory for your character 
tell yourself, write this story to explain how you got from being born, wherever you were born, to where you are in this play at this time. That doesn't change the script of that play, but it motivates the actor to to build some consistency in their mind about motivations and understanding that character. So it's almost like if you could... It's, it's not like D&D has a script, but in the same way, that backstory doesn't have to be known to everybody, but it, it, it educates you on, on how... Well, as a, as, a, as a theater actor, it would educate you on how do you deliver your lines? How do you approach the way that you interact with people in the context of that script? Mm-hmm. Um, and in D&D, it, could, it can do the same thing. Yeah, I think uh, while it wasn't necessarily like a, uh, I didn't write down a backstory, but, uh, and I think I've talked with you about this before, Eric, but Uh-oh. when you have a group and you try to have a, an overall theme with the group, it usually mm-hmm. works best because then you're not just like some random dudes that fell in, like that met at a tavern. <laughs> like It's like, oh, we're all part of this noble family or, oh, we're all part of this uh, circus troupe. Yeah. Um, like, I'm going to talk about my character for a second. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but like my favorite character, and I've mentioned it before, was a character where we had a theme where we we're all part of this uh, like downtrodden noble family that like basically is tr- they're trying to get their money back. Mm. Um, they're trying to mm. become prominent again. And uh, my character was uh, like a... A bodyguard that came from a long line of bodyguards and his he was bodyguarding basically like the most terrible person from this noble family like if there was somebody in the family that uh, was the reason for them no longer being a noble family <laughs> this was that person but I as like a as an honorable bodyguard like needed to needed to do this like it was important his honor was at stake like even though he hated this uh, person so like it was very easy for me to get in character with that (laughs) because i was like i would just like at the things that this person would even say like it was easy enough for me as a person to just sigh about them and just (laughs) so as a character it's like all right i guess i'm just gonna let them do their thing until they get into too much trouble and then i'll be like no we gotta go no more gambling <laughs> this uh, is like jeeves and no. wooster if you know jeeves and wooster oh dated reference sorry <laughs> <laughs> like it, you know like I, I couldn't be separated from my weapons at any point because Uh-oh. that means i wasn't doing my job <laughs> like i had to be constantly looking after this person because it would always get themselves in trouble that's clever. I like that. I have almost exclusively played an adventurer who met other adventurers in a tavern on an adventure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think having a theme really helps everybody play off of one another. Because anytime that it's just we're adventurers, then it's all like at some point in the game, like I'm trying to have a reason to stay with this group. Yeah, and I don't like to feel that way. Like I want it, there to be a reason. Like oh, I'm with this. Like in that case, my character fuck, like hated most of the people in that group, <laughs> but he was there because he had a reason. Like. That 
that he is part drain of this. is great. Like that's yeah. that's that's gold <laughs> as mm-hmm. far as as storytelling. If you have inner group conflict, but but it's something that pulls you together. Yeah. yeah, that it's not uh, like your your average TV show writer works tirelessly to try to establish conflict between characters while still having something that pulls them together. Supernatural. Yeah. (laughs) Supernatural is exactly what I was thinking because after, you know, the first, uh, five or six seasons, you're like, these two brothers hate one another, but they love one another, but they hate one another. And what's keeping them together? I guess family, I guess, but, Oh wait, now there's a prophecy about them and they're like, and they're both addicted to yelling, Sam! Dean! <laughs> Sam! Dean! Castiel! <laughs> Have you seen... No, you haven't seen any... Okay. I've seen pieces of episodes. But... Okay. Our cat is actually named after Dean. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was from Venture Brothers. Uh, he's named after a, a number of different Deans. Okay. Dean from, from the band Ween. Jimmy. Uh, what? Oh, Jimmy Dean. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Dean Martin. Yeah. Dean Venture. And Dean Winchester. <laughs> anyway, where the hell were we? We were talking about backstories. <laughs> yeah. Dean doesn't have a backstory. Uh, our cat, anyway. Um, I, I, w- I want to bring up something because uh, I'm the one that wrote the notes t- <laughs> for what we're going to talk about. <laughs> Uh, and that is uh, Han Solo. I know this may seem like it's out of, uh, well, it's not totally out of left field. Cause of course the, the new star Wars film that, um, I don't think any one of us has seen. Uh, <laughs> I have, Oh, you have. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then this is, you're going to help a lot. Oh, all right. I was shocked to learn that he'd never shot first. <laughs> I'm going to ignore that because that's not canon. <laughs> uh, so Han Solo mm-hmm. was in the, in, in the first Star Wars film, he was a, um, a page out of film noir. He was a character with a mysterious past who just happened to be in the right place at the right time for our protagonist to meet him. And, he was a shady character. You knew he was a shady character and him shooting first is elemental (laughs) to him being a shady character. And that's, that's who he was. He was Sam Spade or any Humphrey Bogart character. He was mysterious. And yet you felt this depth to his character um, Mm -hmm. without there being the scene with, with the fake Jabba (laughs) without, anything it was just sort of he had this essence of being uh a mysterious character and that in itself to me is what makes han solo important to storytelling not necessarily just important to like pop culture but to storytelling specifically he is somebody where there is a black box and the black box is his history and now we have a movie that explains his history and they fucked up the black box <laughs> well i mean it explains some of his history, but there's like there's always room to shove in extra. Like it, well, it, it didn't get to the point where he ever met Jabba in the in the movie. Spoilers, okay. but like <laughs> it didn't get to that point. Well, but but here's the thing, and there could have been so much that happened between those points. But but 
the solo movie uh-huh. is effectively the player who shows up to the to the table and says, "I got this backstory. Let me read it to you." <laughs> 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 Rather than coming to the table and having this just intriguing character concept that everybody's like, I want to know more about this person. And just that tension of wanting to know more is way more important than knowing. And, <laughs> and what's and what strikes me is uh, there's this great show from Cracked called After Hours. And if oh, I, yeah. I, I know that one. Uh, they talked about how uh, Han and Lando, uh, their first meeting uh, mm. in Cloud City, where they draw guns on each other, and like they they do this big standoff thing, and then yeah. all of a sudden they give each other a big hug. That had to be planned in advance. And that doesn't make any goddamn sense. That they'd be like, okay, the next time we see each other, pretend you want to kill me. And we're going to freak out everyone around us. And then they'll realize it's just a bit. That's absurd. But my point in all of this is that you don't have to have a great idea that makes perfect sense. It just has to be really fun and really cool. And don't ask too many questions about it. Yeah. Yeah. And and that, uh, well, I think both of you have brought up that a a character having uh, an aspect rather mm-hmm. than a story mm-hmm. is more i don't know if it's more useful more helpful more more something mm-hmm. what is it more of utilitarian well that's true i guess what strikes me is the i this is next second time i said that uh, what? What? <laughs> it strikes what? me oh okay <laughs> are you okay uh, i mean <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I uh, I've played Fate exactly like th- two times, maybe three times. Exactly uh, two, maybe three. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of those sessions was us building out our aspects based on oh, interactions yeah. we had with other characters, yep. and so we <laughs> had to go and do the actual role playing with other players, which gave us really solid. Uh, building blocks that we could then leverage later in the proper campaign bonds yeah so if you've ever played dungeon world they have bonds well which fifth are edition has bonds which are great well, um and that's similar, how you get that's how you get experiences by fulfilling those bonds or breaking those oh, bonds. that's cool so mm-hmm. like uh, these characters were uh like have some have some sort of uh problem between them it'll be more oh, slightly more specific than that hmm. but like it has to come up during play in order for you to get experience for it um or it has to change in some way for you it has to basically be resolved um so like during if, play if your character is on the run from uh, a jailer like they they skipped bail or something uh, well, but bonds are specific to other players. So, oh, so like, so it could be that one of the players has is, a crush. Oh, there we go. Like yeah, that. or if we're going back to your, like they're on the run, like they're on the run, and this per, this player has evidence that uh, will get them convicted or something, or they're like they have the smoking the, gun, and they're like. Their motive, the, the other character is motivated to turn them in for the 
for the reward or something like that. Yeah. And, and so basically, and they don't have to turn them in, but that has to be resolved. So maybe that character uh, ends up uh, realizing, oh, no, wait, like this person's my friend. They saved my life. Like, I'm not going to turn them in. Like that would, right. like, that would be terrible. This person saved my life. I owe them one. Um, so, and then once that gets resolved, you get experience for it, and then you write a new bond to replace it. Okay. Or you write a new character if you get turned in. <laughs> or you have a fun adventure trying to break out of prison and then get oh, a bond with the jailer <laughs> oh there we go <laughs> or the other the rest of the group says that person's an asshole kicks them out of the group and goes trying to save you from prison mm, that makes sense too but but anyways <laughs> uh, what were we talking about backgrounds it was an elaborate thing um, we established so, in no time <laughs> <laughs> so I also like Dungeon World um, that's great. Uh, the only problem with Dungeon World is that there's less room for like character customization. You basically, it's basically like you have a list of feats to choose from for mm. your class, and each class has its own sheet. So it's not mm. just like pick mm. and choose and be whatever you want. Um, but Fate, I've played. Uh, I've played as a player once, and I the only game that I've ever run was a game that I ran. Uh, in fate um i didn't do the the traditional uh we all know each other because of this because mm. just the theme of the game was already kind of like that what was gotcha. the theme again it was super sentai it was a mess it was it was good right. but it was ridiculous it no, was it wasn't like super sentai it was, it was it was super sentai themed around the idea that the world was run by corporations and you fought in an arena with a super sentai group that uh was like sponsored by those corporations and like conspicuous consumption was like the point of existence to everybody (laughs) and FYI, the only input that I had in making the theme was that I wanted some sort of sen- Super Sentai theme. Okay. Uh, like, uh, if anybody's ever seen Samurai Flamingo was kind of why uh, I wanted to do it. I, for it. The no. whole point was that I wanted constant escalation. Right. Um, and it'd be Super Sentai themed. Everything else was done as part of world creation with the players. So... I went through like the first session. So session what you just described was, was was your world world building, effectively. Uh, more or less, like yeah. we like we had aspects for a bunch of different things. Like it was like what what's the overall theme you want to have, and like what are some of the arcs are like points of conflict that happen. Like let's pick four mm. and create an aspect for that. Holy crap! This, this sounds like but writing workshop. Kind of, but <laughs> instead of writing like paragraphs of information, you just have one aspect. You talk about everything, and then you boil it down to uh, there's giant kaiju in the city, and that's, no, that's it. And that's it. Like that's the conflict, and hmm. pretty much everything else. Like all I did is have a basic plot and what escalation I wanted to happen by the end of the session, and then everything else was all pretty much done on the fly. Okay, and then you get into gameplay and. Weird. I, I mean, I almost feel like that allows you to be more true to the story than yeah. Dungeons and Dragons. Because, like, I love D&D. 
but there are so many mechanics to keep track of. Like, it's a very mm-hmm. mechanically inclined game. Yeah, Fate is definitely more narrative-focused. And that's kind of why I like it, because my, my group is not, mm. mo- oh. for the most part. Oh, do they gravitate toward mechanics more often? Yeah, it seems uh, like we we get more excited about fighting than we do uh, the narrative, which uh-huh. is fine. Um but, like, I want to play a silly narrative game. I don't want to play a serious mechanical game. Oh, and like, I want to play a serious narrative game. Yeah, like, <laughs> like the, the two DMs that I have, one always wants to play Call of Cthulhu for the most part, and then the other one, like, right now is running uh, basically, like, a Dark Souls-themed game. Oh, uh, okay. I played through one of those. Which is very mechanical-heavy, I assume. It, or not the... Uh, not and the Dark Souls games themselves, it, but I played a D&D game themed after Dark Souls. Yeah. And oh. It's interesting. It, this like, is based off of Iron Kingdom's RPG, so it's kind of mechanic heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. It's... They're, they both like, basically, to make the players feel weak and punish them (laughs) like they don't they don't want to rip the fun away from us like they still let us do fun things Mm -hmm. but like it's you never feel empowered in any of their games and that's how what i want to play so the (laughs) only way i'm ever going to get to play that is to run a game and then like i don't really get to play it well and i guess the so in a given interaction or say in a, a 30 minutes in real time for the game how much should your backstory be brought up? Mm. Like, because hmm. I guess well, in, in my head, it's always been that the effects of your backstory should be frequently brought up, but the backstory itself should rarely oh, be yeah. touched. Yeah. I, I mean, obvious, I've obviously expressed my opinion that, that Han Solo should not tell you <laughs> anything about where he comes from, well, but he's going to show you aspects of himself I, through his actions i think as part of regular play that it, having that mystery is good but what uh, so despite my dms not necessarily playing the kinds of games that i want <laughs> they are good at dming and mm-hmm. usually they'll try to have uh like a series of sessions or a session that's about one character so that everybody you know gets a some time in the spotlight so like oh we're gonna go to this place that's important to you so so uh like i feel like that could potentially be uh getting rid of some of that mystery Mm -hmm. but it's good because it delves deeper into the whole reason Mm -hmm. that your character is with this group in the first place but it's it's not going back in time to find out it's experiencing some aspect, some deeper aspect of the character yeah. during gameplay, and so that the backstory can again, it's 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 like it's educating what's happening in that now time. It's not like, hey, let me tell you about the place I grew yeah. up. It's let me show you the place that I grew up, and oh, it's changed, and oh, there's this person that I always hated, and they're like running the show now, and yeah. what the hell. Like it, 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 it bring it can the backstory can become the story, not the backstory. Yep. <laughs> the front story. The front, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, and what's interesting is in the in one of the games that I've uh, played, 
there's been one player's backstory that was then extended into the current story, Whoa, and that has cool. completely defined the entire game, but to the exclusion of the rest of the player's backstories. Uh, and so that's been something that I have kind of wrestled with trying to figure out, like, okay, how do I... And I've, I've been a player uh, through that experience, and so how do you as a player help guide that or make that fun for you and it doesn't have much to do with your own character and backstory you're just kind of along for the ride and someone else's narrative yeah at that point i feel like it's kind of the gm's job to be like hey i'm gonna like even if it's i think it's fine to completely for it to completely unravel and become one player's like purpose but mm-hmm. in the meantime, there should be a bunch of stuff happening that's relevant to certain characters in order to that could still be progressing in that other person's thing. So like mm-hmm. then they're not they don't feel like they're ignored. Like mm-hmm. if if the idea is cool that they follow this one person's story, like they don't have to give that up, but not they shouldn't completely make everybody else's story irrelevant. That's that's no fun. Well, <laughs> uh fate does this thing. Well, I haven't read a lot, but I've read a little bit of the fate book. And it, it does this thing where it says you have two problems, that, or you should limit the number of problems that your your gaming group is dealing with. And your primary problem might be this big overarching plot that is for one player, and then all of the sub problems, the more immediate problems, are the are handing off between other characters. But that's the GM's job. How does the player try to drive things? And I know for for that particular group, what we did is we just mercilessly mocked the game, (laughs) that that Mm. particular character, uh, just never ending. (laughs) Uh, All in good fun, and there wasn't anything personal there, but it was definitely, I don't know, it was interesting to kind of see the entire group undermine the the seriousness <laughs> of the story mm. because the story was so primarily focused on it and looking at it now i'm like you know maybe that needs to that should have been a point of discussion with the gm more in depth yeah. or i mean like was it railroaded in, was it railroaded in a way so that you guys couldn't be like i mean there are more of you than this other player character could, could you just decide that that character's stuff wasn't important Yes and no. Uh, there, was, there was a lot of the actual game built around that particular thread because that was the most vivid backstory. So, I just realized something. It is a confluence of two two ideas. You you said, uh, I'm not sure if it was on mic or off mic, but you said um, every D&D game is this struggle between seriousness and silliness. And seriousness is work it's hard work you have to like try to be serious when you're playing D&D and silliness is kind of the natural order for most D&D <laughs> games uh but everybody loves putting energy and doing work for their backstory so a DM that can I don't Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> My entire argument's falling apart. <laughs> I, I think you're, I think you're onto something there, though. Where like I know for me, I don't want to write a backstory every camp or every night mm. before I go to bed. I don't no. want to write a backstory every you know. I mean, fourth. I do, but I'm a DM, so. 
<laughs> but like, I guess backstory for me is kind of a, a thing that you sit down, you do the work, you bill it out, you take notes, you draw schematics, what have you. Uh, and then once that work is done, you're now free to take that and run and go play with it hmm. elsewhere. Hmm. Um, and so I know for me, I always write my backstories when I have a surplus of energy mm-hmm. and time in my own personal life. Um, or at the very last minute at like 3 a.m. Right before <laughs> I have to play. Uh, <laughs> yep. I feel like Ben does the latter every time. Uh, well, except for that I don't usually have... I, like, I don't I don't feel like I stay up and write a backstory like, oh, okay. at all. Like, I feel like the bulk of my characters I make up as part of... If I need to make a character before the game, which... Oftentimes I don't. Like usually we make characters <laughs> at the table together. Oh, true. <laughs> but uh, if I have to make it on my own, then I'm usually like just oh like I feel like I want to play this race this time, and then I like just read some flavor text, <laughs> and I'm like oh like playing this class would be cool, and then I kind of theme my idea around just like that. And I don't try to go too much in depth because if I do, then I'm going to get in that idea where I'm trying to, I have this story, I'm trying to shove it into something that it's not. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'm trying to, I try to make the story happen. Like the, when I first started playing, I feel like some good advice that I got was that uh, like somebody had played with a person in the past where they had made this huge long backstory where like they i think i made fun of it at one point when i was having a short conversation with you where like they went to hell and they found this they found this oh, yeah. they found a sword and like it has their blood in it and then they traveled but like basically they went through all of this trouble to make this really interesting story that would have been a great game to play that they've now just kind of skipped over and now like right. i'm this great person but like all we're going to do is go fight some goblins over here. Uh, even though I fought Satan at some point. Like, <laughs> like, it's like I, what's the opposite of power creep? <laughs> I, <laughs> uh, yeah. It's the role-playing co on of the day. Because <laughs> like, everybody, when they make a character, like they want them to be some great character, but some great person. But then you realize, oh, I'm starting at level one. Like, uh, and I need to dial this back so and make it less interesting. And then at that point, to me, like most of the fun, most of the adventure that's going to make you a person is going to be part of play, not what you were doing beforehand. I really like what you have going there. Like, I almost wonder if the backstory for a given character should be like, say, four lines long at a maximum, and then write down all your kick-ass ideas of things that, like, I want to fight a dragon on a mountain, and just put those on index the cards and desires. give them the DM. Yeah, like, where should where should our adventure go? I don't know, but I want to fight a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> And then that way the DM has to do less work. You can make it more... Oh, my God. I love this. Chaotically modularized, I guess. And then yeah. all of a sudden you have a big bucket of ideas that you can take oh and God. add stuff to. But you don't have to come up with, what do my players want to fight? What do they want to do? Do they want to be pirates? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I want to do this now. You want to go get some index cards after this? <laughs> yeah. yeah, like, and I, but I love the idea that it's like a four-line backstory, and here's what I want because 
that gets a lot of the core of any backstory and any character is what are they motivated to do? What do they want out of life? And obviously, you're going to do a little bit of thought work before you write down those four lines and what they want. But <laughs> when you do that, you're going to be like, oh, uh, Doltar the Magnificent wants... <laughs> really badly to have like he has this image of being a knight in service to a king and he just has this image of himself on a white horse in shining armor but he's like you know doltar the magnificent <laughs> is a, a a peasant boy who works in a uh in a stable. He just wants someone else to call him Doltar <laughs> in seriousness. <laughs> and, and you Doltar the yeah. mud shoveler. Soon to be Doltar the Magnificent. I love it. And that's a character that you can take and run with. Like, I'm sorry to Jonathan Tol Doltar, whose name came to mind. <laughs> He's a friend and ex-coworker uh, whose name came to mind as I thought of Doltar the Magnificent mud, <laughs> mud rucker. Well, and I... I don't know. It's funny. I know for me, like, most of my characters start as just stupid jokes. It, like, I had um, Grumpy George, the renegade kung fu cop, who was a, <laughs> he was a monk, level six, with a city guard background. <laughs> That's brilliant. It's like a Jackie Chan character. Yeah, oh, it was super fun. <laughs> um, I really want to play a centaur for disease control, who's yeah. a, a cleric who specializes in plague eradication. <laughs> <laughs> And, like, right now I'm playing uh, Jim, whose full name is Jimothy, who's a, a warlock who will not cast offensive magic. <laughs> and, I mean, you've essentially, you, you've demonstrated there in three examples, characters that have very simple, simple concepts. Mm -hmm. Aspects, you might say. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know, maybe. And then you don't have to tie yourself to anything, like, super crazy. You can just have your character live in the moment. You can write down three or four ideas of, like, this is how I interact. Like, if someone gets all, like, conflicty with me, I'm running away. That's, that's mm. where I'm going. <laughs> um, or, you can't talk shit to me. We're going to get in a fight right now. And then <laughs> that's your, your MO. Uh, and I feel like then if you as a DM have, like, okay, I don't have to memorize all of their backstory, too. I can That's just remember true. their four lines and their one-off snarky line about who their character is, and then we're rolling. And we've got yeah, and it's a lot easier for the DM then to, to vamp off of that. If I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, I've got four lines here, four lines here, four lines here, and four lines here. Where do these like conflict? Where do these mash up? Where 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 are these going to work off of either what I'm coming up with or what they've come up with together? Man, I can't I can't let that. Like the, the bucket of desires idea, like yeah, I'd never played with that before, and played with anything like it, and I really want to try that now. <laughs> oh my gosh, campaigns! It'll be so much easier. <laughs> I think we're gonna have to try this. Oh yeah, I don't know. I don't know if we'll be able to wrangle Robert into it because Robert doesn't want to do any work. <laughs> <laughs> but all you have to do is. But it's about his character. He, well, lo he loves mm -hmm. making characters, but he loves the math making characters <laughs> well, just tell him that he can make that he can do that math as long as he writes down these four lines well, okay oh, oh right right so he has to do his homework before he gets to do play. his homework <laughs> what's my goal i want 30 ac okay cool let's break that down <laughs> <laughs> let's make some realistic design <laughs> i want a plus one sword and a plus one shield and a plus one armor 
<laughs> and dodge feet. All right, hang on. <laughs> I feel like yeah. yeah, you're touching on the 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 the, the meta gaming desires. Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah. Pull it out. Give someone else the plus one sword. <laughs> That's just me at that point. <laughs> I feel like we're winding down, but I, mm-hmm. I I definitely want to follow up on the bucket of desires and the simple backstories. Bod, like, what? Bod, bucket o desires. Oh, bod, bod. Mm-hmm. And ideally, you'll have a lot of really good ones or a hot bod. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> or all you want is candy. You have a sweet bod. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. I'm sorry. Uh, dear listeners, you're going to hear, actually you won't hear, but there's going to be about 40 more of these as soon as we start. <laughs> They're all going to come from Ben. <laughs> Shoot an email thread later in the week. <laughs> all right. Uh, I love it. Okay. You are? Why? It's fine. Okay. <laughs> ben is the master of puns, usually. Sometimes. Sometimes. Sometimes he's too embarrassed. But the trick about puns is you got to just not give a shit. <laughs> as a wise man said, there's no such thing as a good pun. And the highest form of praise a pun can receive is, oh, are you fucking serious? <laughs> <laughs> but we still laugh at him. Mm-hmm. At me? It, no, the pun. Oh, okay. We're laughing. And you, we're laughing with you. <laughs> we're laughing with you at the pun, which came from you. So we're laughing in your direction. So we are technically laughing at you. It's a cone effect. It's re- yeah. <laughs> Fifteen foot radius. Can I make a dex roll? Uh, you can try. Hey, thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for showing up and and providing all of the puns. Mm-hmm. Next episode's topic is currently up in the air. As always, if you have comments or suggestions, reach out to us on Twitter at Dungeon underscore Tangent. Or go to our website, DungeonsandTangents.net. That's all for this episode. Thanks for joining us.